This is Unmind with Great Cloud Michael Elliston Roshi. Design and Zen Mentors Student versus Teacher Not symmetrical, but then nothing really is, only in our mind. In this segment of Unmind, we continue where we left off, discussing the all-important mentoring relationship of teachers to students and students to teachers, particularly the asymmetrical relationship in Zen training. The success of any mentorship depends almost entirely, 100% plus, on the sincerity and intensity of the student, more so than the teacher, as illustrated by the anecdote about my friend and fellow student at ID plus IIT, JJ, who had an unfortunate run-in with one of my key design mentors, related in the last segment. As a teacher of design at the U of I Chicago Circle Campus and the School of the Art Institute of Chicago, I found myself on the other side of the equation and gained even more respect for my mentors. For those design students who did not seem to benefit greatly from my tutelage, I can fault them as well as myself, my story and sticking to it anyway. The well-known exchanges between Zen ancestors and their students, particularly those who eventually succeeded them in the lineage, are illustrative of this asymmetry. Bodhidharma, the first Zen patriarch known to history in China, for example, responded to his Chinese student and Dharma heir, Huike, who complained of having a disturbed mind, by asking him to show him this mind. When Huike replied that when he looked for it, he could not find it, Sage exclaimed, There, I have calmed your mind, or some such expression. These incidents are variously translated, so please forgive my paraphrasing as well as the spelling and pronunciation of the names. I am not a scholar. My point here is that then Hueka, in a similar exchange with his future successor, Sangsan, said something similar. The eventual third patriarch in China likewise complained of being bound by something, and Hueka asked him what was binding him. When he could not respond, Sangsan suddenly realized there was nothing binding him and was liberated. That Hueka responded to his student in essentially the same way that his teacher Bodhidharma had replied to him illustrates that the teacher was not called upon to say or do something extraordinary, but instead had responded with an ordinary mundane question. We might even conclude that Hueka had merely imitated Bodhidharma's approach. I think this makes the case that what triggered the profound event of the student's transformative insight was not the skill or mystical power of the teacher, but was dependent upon the desperation of the student combined with complete faith in the teacher. Symmetry is a principle of design thinking, as can be seen in the design of most modern automobiles, as well as vintage wheeled vehicles such as the chariot, Buddha used as an analogy to the skandhas, or the Conestoga wagons that settled the West. 
The practical reasons for this are pretty obvious when considering the function of the vehicle to move straight forward or backward in as friction-free a way as possible, as well as to navigate turns. But the adherence to symmetry in design goes far beyond the practical functioning of the vehicle into the aesthetics of its overall form and features. One of the few notable exceptions to the symmetry norm may be seen in the Nissan Cube C photo introduced to the American market in 2009 and discontinued in 2014. We may most usefully consider this anomaly in the context of the design adage, form follows function. Seeing this startling design for the first time may cause whiplash, as it surprises your expectations of symmetry. It features a wraparound window on the rear and one side, which violates the usual bilateral symmetry of vehicle design. I wonder if it also created a hazard in case the vehicle rolls in a wreck, as the roof support structure would apparently be greatly weakened by the lack of a fourth column in that corner and that that partially explains its brief time on the market. Of course, the power drive chain and other mechanical systems that make the modern vehicle function are not symmetrical in the simple sense. One only has to look under the hood to see the asymmetrical complexity of the modern combustion engine or that of the newer electric and hybrid vehicles. The apparent bilateral symmetry of the human being and many other animals is similarly deceptive. Once the relatively symmetrical outer appearance is removed, as in surgery or an autopsy, the incredible complexity of the underlying system of nerves, glands, and organs is revealed. The skeleton and musculature largely reflect the symmetrical form of the outer appearance, and much like the drivetrain and wheels of the automobile, function to support the mobility and balance of the body in motion. So the appearance of bilateral symmetry in both cases is just that, appearance, another word for form. The famous formula coined by Buddha that form, appearance, is itself emptiness and vice versa, reflects this greater reality. If we probe even further, down to the molecular and atomic levels, it becomes clear that while the constituent elements making up the appearance of symmetry of the overall object may themselves exhibit various kinds of structural symmetries, including radial and other three-dimensional geometries in their molecular structures, there is no clear fractal-like relationship of the microscale parts to the macroscale whole. The forming processes the various metals, plastics, rubber, textiles, and other materials have to undergo in order to be assembled in the final form of the completed vehicle obviously depend upon the chemical properties of the materials, but the original form of the materials has little to do with the final external form. Like the fabled chariot, the whole exists only in the sum of the parts. If we deconstruct the vehicle, like the chariot, it ceases to function or to exist as a vehicle. Likewise, the organism, human or otherwise, does not function or exist outside the particular assembly of its parts. Zen meditation is often referred to, 
as a process of deconstructing consciousness or the mind itself. Realization, according to Master Dogen in Jijuyu Zammai, Self-Fulfilling Samadhi, is the manifestation of this process of deconstruction, emphasis mind. All this, however, does not appear within perception because it is unconstructedness in stillness. It is immediate realization. Note that the term unconstructedness does not even qualify as proper English. The giveaway is the red underline the word processor uses to highlight a mistake. Dogen goes on to point out that if practice and realization were two things, as it appears to the ordinary person, each could be recognized separately. But what can be met with recognition is not realization itself, because realization is not reached by a deluded mind. Close quotes. This indicates that anything that can be met with recognition is, by definition, a kind of delusion. Our very recognition of something we call symmetry is itself delusional. Upon closer examination, it falls apart, seen to be, at best, a kind of approximation. The mind continually averages out all the contrary impressions of asymmetry to focus upon and reify the notion of symmetry. The immediacy of realization the Master points to should be understood as immediate in both time and space. That is, in this realization, what becomes real to us is not something that heretofore was distant from us and somewhere in the future, but always and ever present and near at hand so close as to be inaccessible to perception as such, like the water to the fish or the air to the bird. As Dogen points out later in this same tract, even the idea of realization must be regarded with some circumspection. But the boundary of realization is not distinct, for the realization itself comes forth simultaneously with the mastery of Buddha Dharma. Do not suppose that what you realize becomes your knowledge or is grasped by your consciousness. Although actualized immediately, the inconceivable may not be apparent. Its appearance is beyond your knowledge. That quote, the inconceivable may not be apparent, one of my favorite Dogen lines, and I think indicative of his sense of humor, must be one of the grand understatements of all time. How could the inconceivable be, in any way, apparent? This is one of the hallmarks of the asymmetrical nature of the relationship, the teacher's ability to use language but not be used by it, to point at that which is beyond concept, let alone language. Concepts take time to form. Expressing them in language takes even longer. Using words to point at that which is beyond conception and thus far beyond language is difficult, but not impossible. Tozan Ryokai, credited with founding Soto Zen in China, reminds us of the inconceivable nature of Zen realization in his Chan poem, Hokyo Zamai, Precious Mirror Samadhi, pointed to as it, our Japanese Enmo, 
Although it is not constructed, it is not beyond words. Like facing a precious mirror, form and reflection behold each other. You are not it, but in truth it is you. It would be hard to find a more succinct and intriguing description of a symmetrical relationship than, quote, form and reflection behold each other, especially as the two elements of the sentence, form and reflection, indicating object and subject, respectively, are usually considered to be the opposite of symmetrical, comprising the material and spiritual dimensions of existence, or matter versus mind. One more visual example of the apparent symmetry versus the actual asymmetry that we normally perceive is illustrated by an exercise called, quote, your original face from a creativity workshop we conducted at ASCC based on Huinang's famous anecdotal koan, quote, show me your original face before your parents were born, or something like that. In the photos, you see the same portrait of my face divided down the middle axis and reconstructed to reveal the left face versus the right-faced version of me. Looks like me, but... Note that the arched eyebrow side in shadow seems to connote the gleefully evil me, while the side in full light looks more like a somber saint, the good me. The eyes have it, as we say, but so do the eyebrows and mouth. Problem-solving is the action-oriented modus operandi of both professional design thinking and the Zen Buddhist worldview. Designers define problems worthy of solving, often redefining those presented by clients for financial as well as altruistic reasons. Siddhartha Gautama clearly interpreted the cultural norms, mores, and memes of his times and his particular social standing in the caste system as problematic or unsatisfactory and went on what we might romanticize as a spiritual quest to find a solution. His findings, conclusions, and recommendations constituted the content of the first sermon in which he laid out the Four Noble Truths an extremely concise and complete description of the, quote, problem of sentient existence, particularly for human beings, including a thoroughgoing prescription for practicing in daily life the Noble Eightfold Path, which, crucially, emphasizes the central method by which anyone can approach and, at least in theory, solve this problem for themselves, essentially by doing thou likewise. Fortunately for us, he succeeded to a greater degree than most of his contemporaries. He and his followers transformed this personal experience into a socially inclusive program for like-minded people, the original order of monks and nuns, as well as householders and leaders in India. This is the origin of the legacy we have inherited and celebrate today. As I said in the prior segment, in both design and Zen training, relationships to your mentors become all-important, shaping your views of the profession and the practice and meaning of meditation, respectively. This is true of Zen in particular, 
and probably all asymmetrical relationships in general. Where we go from here, we shall see, as we say, but wherever the road takes us, it will arrive at the intersection of Zen and design thinking. Meanwhile, keep practicing. Unmind is a production of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Silent Thunder Order. Find us on the web at aszc.org. You can support these teachings by PayPal to donate at storder.org. Gashou.